Hello and welcome to A History of Electronic Music, Part 7. Welcome to the show, and let me begin by apologising for taking so long to get this part 7 out, but I've been extremely busy. Secondly, let me apologise for any potential background noise tonight, because I'm now in a, a new flat and it's currently raining, and you can, you might be able to quite clearly hear the rain on the windows in the background. Um, today I'm going to be talking about Krautrock, um, first part of Krautrock, and then onto a more detailed look at Tangerine Dream which grew out of Krautrock. Um, so let's begin right away. Krautrock was a label given by the British press to the experimental rock music that was coming out of Germany in the late 60s and early 70s. And although it was rock music it did use a lot more electronics than uh, standard rock music and it had a very unique and particular style to it. It was heavily influenced initially by the music of the Velvet Underground, so the first track I'm going to play is by them, but let me give you a bit of background information on the Velvet Underground. They were formed by John Cale and Lou Reed in 1965, and there was a couple of other members then as well. John Cale is specifically quite important in this context because he had played with John Cage and Lamont Young before, and he was well versed in experimental underground music and his contributions to the groundbreaking sound of the Velvet Underground's first two albums was very great. He introduced the drone of the viola to some tracks, and the simple repetitive beats and riffs had an echo of minimalism about them, but in a more rocky context. As an example, here's something from the Velvet Underground and Nico, which was produced by Andy Warhol in 1967. This is a short extract from European Sun. Your European son, you spit on those under 21. But now your blue cars are gone, you better sit so long. Hey, hey, bye, bye, bye. You made your wallpapers green, you want to make love to the sea. Your European son is gone, you better sit so long. Your clouds treat you goodbye. Thank <laughs> you. 
a Velvet Underground and Nico um, European Sun from 1967 and they were influential on it. They showed there was no real rules in music although the Krautrock bands often went a bit further than the Velvet Underground did in their experiments. Although a lot of bands are grouped together in Krautrock it wasn't an organised movement just a lot of people experiment with mixing genres and having fun with instruments. In general the use of electronics varied quite a lot in Krautrock but it was usually uh, quite minimal um, with rock sounds becoming more important. One of the earliest Krautrock bands is Can, and Can formed in Cologne in 1968 and drew on a variety of influences. Holger Zuke, the bassist, and Ermin Schmidt, the keyboard player, had been pupils of Stockhausen. Michael Caroli, the guitarist, was into gypsy music, and the drummer, Jackie Liebenzeit, was from a jazz background. Add to this the mad ranting lyrics of early vocalist David Johnson and you get something like this, which is Father Cannot Yell. a pronounced use of electronics there but it's still in a very much rock context. Um, other bands went further, for instance Faust who formed in 1971 in the rural area of Vuma. This is from a second album Faust so far in 1972.
Faust, Mammy is Blue, from their second album, Faust So Far, 1972, released on Polydor. In 73, Faust signed to Virgin Records with a deal that stated that Virgin could have for free all the tapes that Faust had been working on since the release of So Far. This material was then cut together to form the Faust tapes, which Virgin then sold at the price of a, a single 49p to promote the band. It ended up selling over 100,000, but it didn't qualify for the album charts because of its low price tag. This is a short, untitled track from the Faust tapes. As you can hear there was a lot of experience with the new electronic instruments that are available and it's literally just people trying things out basically. There are other very important and influential crowd rock bands that deserve a mention um, but I can't really fit them into this show because I've got a lot of Tangerine Dream to get through but I will do that next time when I talk about Kraftwerk also. So now out of this hotbed of creative experiments and ideas was born Tangerine Dream. They were formed in West Berlin in 1967 by a student of Salvador Dali's called Edgar Frosi. Initially, he played a variety of gigs with various musicians, mainly at the Zodiac Free Arts Club, where the, the show was mixed with literature and painting in a true 60s happening kind of style. Edgar is supposed to have said at the time, In the absurd often lies what is artistically possible. In 1969, Edgar and two of his mates, Klaus Schultz and Konrad Schnitzler, got together in a rented factory and decided to do some recording. Edgar later described the experience. It was very exotic. Sounds were made using everyday objects. For example, a sieve filled with dried peas, an old office calculating machine, two old iron bars and hard parchment paper, all recorded with a microphone and sent through reverbs and delays to create unusual sounds. The result was a highly experimental album called Electronic Meditation, which was released in 1970 on the OHR label. From that, this is a track called Resurrection. Oh, 
This in the background is fairly typical of their early style uh, with a lot of cellos and just really atonal music, just atmospheric more than um, melody based. And just out of interest, the backwards voice in uh, earlier on was Edgar Frosey reading from the back of a ferry ticket from Dover to Calais. And coming up very shortly is the proof. also just struck me that it sounds very similar backwards as it does forwards. This type of music they dubbed Cosmiche music or space music. However their style progressed over the next couple of albums with the addition of a couple of EMS's VCS3's which they had borrowed from the WDR radio station but didn't really know how to use. This period is known as the pink years as the OHR record label symbol was a pink ear. This is from um, Tangerine Dream's last album for OHR, Atem, and shows how the sound was developing a more electronic direction.
By this time, Tangerine Dream's lineups had changed completely. Klaus Schultz and Konrad Schnitzer left after Electronic Meditations, and out of the people that Edgar played with in the meantime, it was Christopher Frank and Peter Bauman who stood out. It is this lineup of Frozy, Bauman and Frank which is now seen as the classic Tangerine Dream. Frank recalls that when Peter joined, the group became more stabilised and seriously started working on keyboards and synthesizers. And more and more synths were becoming available. Frank liked a Moog Modular, Frozy and Mellotron, and all three had VCS3s of some sort. But the real revolution in their sound was the addition of an analogue sequencer made by EKO, the PRX2 rhythm controller. Although its internal sounds were pretty lousy, they adapted it to trigger other synths and Tangerine Dream's famous bubbling synth lines were born. Once the people at Virgin Records heard what they were up to, they signed them on a five-year contract. Their first album of the Virgin years is the genuine classic Phaedra, of which this is the title track, or at least part of it.
Phaedra was a huge success for such an esoteric album, reaching number 15 in the UK charts and going gold in over 7 countries. It was also seen as the beginning of what became known as the Berlin School of Electronic Music. They followed it up with several albums in a similar vein, all the time improving the technology they used and the way they used it. In 1976, film director William Friedkin heard their music and, impressed by its immense visual power, asked them to score his next film. As he writes, The music of Tangerine Dream was an early and major inspiration for the film of Sorcerer. I first heard the Tangerine Dream while in Munich for the opening of The Exorcist. Had I heard them sooner, I would have asked them to score that film. A year later, we met in Paris. I told them the story of the film and gave them a script. It took more than two years to make Sorcerer. One day, in the middle of a primeval forest in the Dominican Republic, about six months into shooting, a tape arrived from the dream containing 90 minutes of musical impressions. It is from this tape that the film has been scored, though the musicians had not then, nor even now as this is written, seen any of the footage. Yet somehow, they were able to capture and enhance every nuance of each moment where their music is heard. The film and the score are inseparable. This is from that score, it's called Betrayal, Sorcerer Theme.
Betrayal from the film Sorcerer, which was released in 1976, I think, or certainly the music was certainly written in 1976. Late in 1977, Peter Bowman left the band and was briefly replaced by Steve Jolliffe and Klaus Krieger. This led to the album Cyclone, which is one of the few TD albums with lyrics. This is Bent Cold Sidewalk from that album. Before all the questions, and slowly I wish myself among trees that cannot hear my selfishness. We learn from the people who are the trees that bring the city. They will grow up in all kinds, slowly, but there is no answer, or Cyclone sold well, The Dream decided vocal prog rock wasn't really what they wanted to get into, so Steve Jolliffe left the band. Klaus Krieger stayed on for the next album, Force Majeure, which film director Michael Mann heard in 1980. Edgar Froese elucidates. He got involved in our music by listening to a studio record called Force Majeure, which we recorded back in 78. He was listening to a piece called Metamorphic Rocks, and so he put it into one of those sequences in Thief when they open up on the roof of one of those skyscrapers. The sound mixed so well, that's what he said, 
that he called us and said, are you interested in doing the rest? They were, and did. They adapted the original track through Metamorphic Rock and renamed Igneous for the soundtrack. And here it is. Igneous, from the film Thief, released in 1980. By this point the lineup had changed again, with the departure of Klaus Krieger and the addition of Johann Schmoling, an audio technician from Berlin. Accordingly, their sound was to change, though much can be attributed to the new technology as well as new ideas. Polyphonic synths were now available, and conventional chords and harmony changes were possible. 
This led to a more structured sound, as Frank recalls. In some ways, the music became more professional, a lot more than just capturing hypnotic and spacey feelings, so in some ways it became more conventional, and in others a little bit more advanced. 1982 saw the release of White Eagle, which featured another technological breakthrough, digital sampling. Edgar recalls, During the production of White Eagle, we were able to use an instrument which had just been developed, and whose inventor we knew well. This was the PPG Wave 2.0, which was followed later by the Wave Term, one of the first professional samplers. The graphic monitor's representation of partial waveforms allowed us to create completely new musical structures. It was a very complex and expensive procedure, but for our adventurous imaginations, this development came at exactly the right time. This is from that album, and it's called Midnight in Chula. in Chula from the album White Eagle from 1982. The early 80s saw a continuation of a more polished sound, a few more film soundtracks and a change of label from Virgin to Jive Records. It also saw the creation of the first Tangerine Dream track I ever heard, although I didn't know it at the time. It was the theme to the TV series Street Hawk and it's called La Park. Thank you. 
from the album of the same name, released in 1985. The Blue Years, as the years at Jive Records are now known due to the label's blue logo, were a time of digitisation for the band. The increasing use of sample drums plus lush pads and conventional chord progressions is generally seen as a drift away from their avant-garde roots. Subsequently, Schmoling left in 86 and Frank in 88. Frank later explained why. I felt I needed a creative break because I think we started to repeat ourselves. We ended up with so much equipment that we took on a lot of jobs to pay for it, became overworked and did too many things at the same time. We did not have time to explore our minds for fresh ideas or explore the great computer instruments we had at our disposal. Kids with much more time than us but less experience began producing better sounds and I began to feel our quality was dropping. This was a very bad feeling for a group who always wanted to be on the cutting edge of music. They reached their lowest ebb during the Melrose years after signing to Peter Bauman's private music label located on Melrose Avenue, Los Angeles. By this point, Tangerine Dream were just Edgar Froese and Paul Haslinger. Here's an example of how out of step they were with the new electronic stars of the late 80s. Also, in terms of their usual ability to conjure visual images with their music, all this really conjures up are images of a second-rate 80s cop show. Paradise Cove from the 1989 album Lily on the Beach. By this point it could easily have been said that a group that were once ahead of its time was now behind the times. Another change of label and more personnel changes, this time the inclusion of Froese's son Jerome, didn't improve things a great deal. They were essentially a synth rock band for a while. Edgar explains why. We did the sequencer work for about 18 years so it was good to move on to song structures. And that period has ended now, with a record we will be releasing in February 95. The 95 release was Tyranny of Beauty, and it saw the return of some classic sounds and instruments, including the vocoder.
was Catwalk from the 1995 album Tyranny of Beauty. Notice the beat from Skyscraper I Love You by Underworld in the background. Interesting. After Tyranny of Beauty, Edgar started his own label, TDI. The TDI years, 1996 to 2005, were characterised by numerous re-releases and remixes of earlier material. But they were still releasing new material, like this from the album Mars Polaris, an album inspired by NASA's Mars Polar Lander. Astrophobia from the 1999 album Mars Polaris. And that track nicely demonstrates quite well the more dance orientated direction they were exploring at this time, no doubt influenced more by Jerome than Edgar, who was always quite disdainful towards dance music. It also shows how they were using what had become quite bog standard drum loops by this time and not really originating as they used to. 
However, the new analog modeling synths available at the time certainly rescued their sound from the late 80s digital quagmire. The Eastgate years began with the renaming of TDI to Eastgate in 2005. The first release of this period was a re-recording of Phaedra, released as Phaedra 2005. This is quite typical of TD's current tendency to rework and re-record old tunes using new production techniques. However, the final track I'm going to play is an original work, although it repeats the idea of using 19th century poetry as a source of lyrics, which they first did on 1987's Tiger. This also features a new lineup, Jerome having left in 2006 to pursue his solo career. Edgar is joined on this album by Thorsten Quaishning. This is One Hour of Madness from the 2007 album Madcap's Flaming Duty. Thank <laughs> you. 
One Hour of Madness from the 2007 album Madcap's Flaming Duty, which was dedicated to the memory of Sid Barrett. To sum up Tangerine Dream, I'll read a final quote from Edgar Froese. If you listen to all of Tangerine Dream's albums chronologically, you practically have a history of synthesizers, sequencers and samplers, with up-to-date analogue and digital sounds. In truth, our music is a diary of the history of musical instruments in the 70s, 80s and 90s. I can't really add anything to that, except that it shows the superiority of an analogue sound over a digital one, definitely. Also something I should have mentioned was that initially Tangerine Dream said their name came from the Beatles song Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, but later on Edgar Froese denied this, but it's still become some sort of an enduring myth but it definitely doesn't come from the Beatles. Next time I'll be continuing Krautrock but in the alternative style of Kraftwerk and the Dusseldorf School so I'll also feature music by Noi and Cluster. I'll see you then. Give me something.